I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, and I want to have a conversation where we can go back and forth in terms of the president's budget proposal. And I'll uh, declare it for the beginning. I'll probably be an equal opportunity offender on this one. Uh, if you're uh, coming from the left side of the political aisle, I am sure you'll be offended before we're done. And if you're from the right side of the aisle, I am absolutely certain you'll be offended before we're done. Uh, because when it comes to spending, neither side has a leg to stand on. Neither side has any kind of high ground uh, in terms of a willingness uh, to actually assess, project, and defend what they're spending on and why. And both sides have been guilty of this. It doesn't matter whether there's been a Republican in the White House or a Democrat in the White House who's had control of Congress. Everyone has just decided they're going to spend. And that's the problem. And yet, and yet, who is doing the spending often initiates the battles and the big fights. And when the Republicans are in charge, suddenly spending is just a smart thing to do. And when Democrats are spending, it's the right thing for them to do, that we need more government. And the other side always opposes, saying they're spending too much. They're putting a burden on our children and our grandchildren. And all of those things are true, by the way. And yet no one is willing to actually have the conversation. It was stunning to me, not surprising, uh, but always disappointing. When the president and the administration decided to put out their budget, a $6 trillion budget proposal, and they put it out at 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon, Memorial Day weekend. This is the ultimate in Washington, D.C. speak of putting it out with the trash. (laughs) You put the trash out late on a Friday, rolling into a long holiday weekend, and uh, hope it all gets buried and done before uh, the American people wake up, come back from uh, Memorial Day and the barbecue, and uh, reassess and refocus on what's going on. And so that is what happened. And there's all kinds of things uh, in that budget proposal. Again, $6 trillion. Uh, It includes... Uh, parts of his big uh, packages that he's already rolled out, the American Families Plan, uh, parts of the uh, transportation and infrastructure bill, and uh, tax increases, uh, and all kinds of things that are all wrapped up there. And so I want to go through this just a little bit in terms of what does it actually mean? And the battle's going to get pretty fierce over the next little while. The budget actually won't get passed if they pass a budget, which is a whole nother rant for another day that we haven't had Congress go through the proper order. The the president is supposed to lay out the budget uh, because that defines his priorities or her priorities from the Oval Office and the administration. Then Congress needs to take that and break it down into each of the various components, defense and education and so on. 
and then pass each of those bills individually, not some big lumped together middle of the night deal. Uh, they're supposed to be separate budget votes for each of these things. And that hasn't happened in decades. Uh, and both sides are guilty of that. Uh, and so as we look at how we, we break it all down, uh, it, it's really interesting. Uh, one person on the left uh, said that the budget's just a, a moral document. That's kind of the old saying in Washington. And, uh, you know, neither the Republicans or the Democrats are, are living up to any kind of moral commitment when it comes to spending these days. Uh, but it's interesting to me that within the president's proposal, there is a uh, tax increase on capital gains tax from 23.8%, where it is currently, up to 43.4%, so over 20% increase uh, in that. The corporate tax would go from 21% to 28% uh, to help uh, pay for that. Uh, one interesting thing, uh, this was in the New York Post, Brian uh, Riedel he made an interesting comment in terms of uh, what is in there. He said, uh, even if you combined virtually every progressive tax increase, including including a 70% income tax bracket for the highest earners, uh, higher capital gains tax that we know are in there, Social Security taxes uh, on all wages, 8% wealth tax, uh, 77% estate tax, even if you had all of those things in carbon tax, uh, new taxes on Wall Street and corporations, uh, even with all of that, even all of that would not balance the baseline budget over the next decade. So that is a big time spending spree where you could add all of these taxes, including a 70% tax uh, on Americans, the high income earners, 70%. Can you imagine paying 70% of what you earn uh, to the federal government? I think you'd want to know what that's going toward and what you're getting out of it. And to me, that's the ultimate question for us. Again, regardless of where you, whether you fall, how much government you think is the right amount, how much is too much, how much is not enough, uh, we really have to go to a, uh, a quote from Walter Williams says the, uh, that we should evaluate the effects of public policy uh, as opposed to the intentions. Uh, politicians are very good at talking about the atten- intentions of budgets and spending and taxes. But they uh, do very little when it comes to the outcomes or the effects of the public policy. Uh, Charlie Munger said it this way. He said, show me the incentive and I will show you the outcome. So if there's incentive uh, for certain behavior based on what uh, government does, that's what you're going to get in the outcome. We've, we have seen that play out very specifically as it relates to unemployment payments. That if the incentive is you're better off to stay home and collect that from the government, the outcome is not going to be that you go out and get a job. The outcome is going to be you stay home. If the incentive is let's get you a glide path so we can get you back into work because the outcome we want is for you to get the job so that you can get a raise, so that you can get a promotion, so that you can advance your career, uh, so that you can live your your version of the American dream. And so we we got to look at what the outcomes are that we're trying to get to. And again, if you go back and forth, both sides of the aisle can can make their cases. Uh, but one of the interesting things to me uh, is, and this was something from uh, Catherine Ram, uh, Rampel in the Washington Post. And I, I really thought this was a great insight. She said that uh, 
the rule of thumb for evaluating politicians' economic proposals. This is a great, this is a great way to evaluate it. The more economic growth a politician promises, the worse their policies probably are. That's because predicting turbocharged growth suggests they need turbocharged growth to get their budget numbers to add up properly. Uh, Now, I will say that one of the interesting things in President Biden's plan is it doesn't really have turbocharged growth. It does have some immediate economic growth, uh, 5.2% this year, uh, figuring that we're going to have some pent-up spending and buying going on there. Um, but then it drops to 3.2 and and is down to a pretty marginal low rate from there. Uh, and so they're, they're really not banking on the big, big number. Uh, but the thing that's important for all of us to think through is, does it all add up? Does all of this spending really add up to the results and the outcomes that we want for ourselves, for our children and grandchildren and for our community? That's the question we all have to ask. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for tuning in today. KSL News Radio's Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.